Hello and welcome to the second episode of What Do You Say Anime. On today's episode we will be reviewing the spring seasonal animes that recently just wrapped up and give our thoughts on the overall first half of the year. We'll also be going over all the news that broke this weekend at Anime Expo. We got a handful of questions and discussion topics from the community that we'll be discussing. And lastly me and Emma will be doing our off the cuff segment. So without further ado, let's get this party started. July weekend, everybody. Uh, I'm Adam Betcher, the Fatal Otaku, and with me is Peter. Peter, how's your 4th of July weekend going so far? 4th of July was great. Had a nice, enjoyable weekend. And I'm just ready to kick back into the anime spirit of the summer season. Did you get a chance to watch anything or do anything exciting? Watched a couple good shows. I'm looking forward to talking about it in possibly the next episode. But definitely... Summer season's off to a great start, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I jumped into the first few shows that I was going to watch for the summer season, as well as catching up on the spring season I was getting behind on. But I'm really liking the show so far. I've uh, got a lot to talk about next episode when we get into summer, but uh, right now we're going to be diving into the spring shows that we watched. So uh, to kick things off, the first one that we checked out was Rising of the Shield Hero, and we both watched that. That was... A continuation from the season before actually so it's about it's a two core show uh, it's about a character who gets transported to another world along with three other people from an, their own parallel universes who are each given a special weapon that designates that's designated to them the main character is the shield hero the titular shield hero and along with him is the spear the bow and the sword hero early on he gets uh, blackmailed and loses basically all his companions everyone believes him to be a rapist and it's a really good show though it's about a zero to hero it's a zero to hero story where the main character is basically ostracized and has to redeem himself uh what what about the show did you really like peter because i know you're a fan of it definitely the first arc definitely set it adrift i thought it was going to be i thought it had like a re-zero type of darkness vibe to it especially the first arc I was like wow this is a little different compared to like uh, like a sword art or a cell phone in a parallel universe type of show where it's very uh, there's some dark moments in each show but like it, those are very softcore show and the first arc of this one really set the tone of what I thought the show was going to be like uh, the, the main I like the main character a lot uh, definitely different I like that he just like doesn't give a shit about anything and he definitely set the tone of what he was going to be like. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid show. Uh, I guess I can nitpick a little bit. The yeah, go for it. Go nitpick. nitpick yeah, away. the side heroes uh, are all... They're terrible characters. They are. Uh, the example was in the beginning where he is accused of rape. 
of course, like they like play, they, they don't play dumb. They they're unfamiliar with the situation, and they think that he's a rapist. So they're like, okay, this guy is human garbage, so we're gonna treat him like human garbage, and that makes perfect sense. And then as the show goes on, you see more and more evidence that the Shield Hero is this great. He's actually like, I would say a great guy, but like he's not a bad person. Like he's not raping people, and there's still just like, oh god, this Shield Hero is so dumb. Oh, he's so bad. He's such a terrible person. It's like, no, he's fine. Like, this person accused him of rape and you're doing nothing about it. And it really just drove me crazy that it was not one time that it was more just... It wasn't just, like, one time where they're just like, oh, I still don't like the Shield Heroes over and over and over and over again of Shield Hero proving himself that he is a good person. They're still just like, nah. I'm just like, I don't get that part. Yeah, they were pretty shitty to him in every possible way. Like, taking his gear from him. I guess that was more a bitch or whatever, but they took his gear, they took his money, no one would party with him, they badmouthed him, challenged him to duels where they cheated. Like, and it gives you a reason for why he is such a pessimist and hates everybody in this world and has, like, no love for it at all. Absolutely. Because he comes from Earth, doesn't have any, like, connection to anybody here, at least at the beginning, and is just being treated like he's the filth of the world, and he doesn't deserve it at all. <laughs> no, and they, they, they definitely, like, don't make it a point to... He, he as a character, grows. Like, he's mad at everything, but, like, as he joins with, like, Raftalia and Philo, like, he grows as a person. And the other characters are just so dumb that they cannot, like, literally just adapt to what's going on. They're just, like, a, a one straight path of, I'm dumb, I'm the hero, I have to save the world. And it kind of drove me a little crazy that they didn't... Because they kind of, like, hinted at it in some parts where he's like, oh, I guess he's not so bad. And then literally the next episode they're like, uh, the shield hero is garbage. And it's like, well, last episode you thought he was fine. So it's a little back and forth with those characters. That was honestly the biggest, biggest uh, hate I have for it. Because overall, I thought the show was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, there was one arc I thought was really bad when they were fighting the priest. Yep. Um, I... That it lasted two episodes for about a two-minute fight. Yeah, and... yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean there. It was drawn out with dialogue and pointless. There was nothing going on for what could have been amounted to a two two minute battle yeah because they're trying to set it up where it's like they're waiting for well they didn't know but they were essentially waiting for uh melty's mom to come save the day type of thing and but they didn't know that she was on the way and the by the end of it, it didn't matter because he just used like his op shield move to win but it just it was so drawn out and but I thought other than that like the first I thought the first arc was like 10 out of 10 like that was Absolutely. like a fantastic arc there's not many shows that are like that I really like it when they take like even if if a show takes a risk and it's bad I appreciate that they took a risk and I really like that they took a risk with I don't remember a show that had like a false rape accusation especially in like a fantasy type of show like this is way different the only thing I could think of was like ReZero where it's much darker than other fantasy shows or isekai yeah, I, shows the only thing that even comes close like this stirred up some controversy with that first episode the rape accusations it kind of reminded me of the goblin slayer issue yeah. that happened at the same time where there was an actual rape 
I think, I think, yeah, it set people up. The Goblin Slayer probably set people up that this was way better because this is just a false rape accusation. Where Goblin Slayer, it was a legit rape scene in anime, and it was the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of, it kind of set me up. I was just like, wow, like, is this the path they're kind of taking now in these type of shows? Which I don't condone it, but it's definitely different and. It definitely made, like, the redeeming quality of the arc so much better because of how dark it was. It made, like... It's like the yin and yang thing where it's just, like, it's so dark, but the light is, like, just as good when it comes yeah. when it comes through, so... Uh, so, speaking of the characters, we talked about how we didn't... You didn't like the, um... The other heroes, which aren't actually a big part of the show, really, either. They're just kind of there to get in the way and show... And make the shield hero look all the more awesome. But what about Raftalia and Philo and the rest of the crew that he recruits throughout the adventure? How do you feel about them? Uh, I definitely like that aspect that like he's broke and he needs a companion so he buys a slave. Like that's that's perfect like he needs somebody to like attack. He's a shield hero. He doesn't have any offensive moves in the beginning. So it definitely was like a cool aspect and then Philo was fine uh, I, I mean, I like her character. Like, how she joined the team was a little, like, what? But I thought she was fine as a character. A lot of people are going to say Raftalia is best girl. I really like Raftalia, personally. I mean, she's best girl of the show. Oh, um, absolutely. She was my favorite character last season. Yeah, she will be, at the end of the year award, she will definitely be represented as best, like, one of the top six best girls of the year, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. yeah, I thought she was pretty good. I wish... I wish I saw, like, a... I mean, she's, like, attack... Even when she's, like, attacking, she's, like, cute and, like, grr. I wish I saw, like, some, like, darker side of her. That would have been really cool. Because, like, she has a dark past in the show. Oh, she does. Like, it's... she's traumatized from what happened before. And, and that's you see... one thing I actually like they, that they brought up. They start off with her being traumatized, her growing, and then as the show goes on, you figure out just exactly why she was traumatized. And they did a good job with that, I feel yeah. like. And you see bits and pieces of that, but you really don't see it. And, like, I feel like if it was, like, combat, like, that's where you, like, let go. Like, like a bloodlust type of thing. And yeah. you don't really see that from her. But, like, I mean, she's she's a good character. Like, there's, there's nothing wrong with her. Um... The fact that she, when she levels up, she her age goes up, and then her age just stops at like yeah, I sixteen or that. seventeen or eighteen or wherever she's like uh, physically. Even though I believe in the light novel, she's like twelve, thirteen, or fourteen mentally. So people are like sexualizing her. I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's still twelve, <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure well, about that. I've read up on some of the light novel stuff, and it isn't very decisive about that when it needs it when it needs her to be older she's older when it needs her mm -hmm. to be younger she's not and yeah cause, going cause think, into what ends up happening like that, I, I think they're the portrayal in the anime does her justice for what they're gonna end up going towards in the okay end. okay then that's that, that's fine if you if you give me that foresight then that's perfectly fine i'm I just, I just wish, like, if she was level 20 and she looked 18 when she turned level 50, I wish she looked like she was 40 or something along the lines of that. Yeah. Since it's kind she of, just like... just kind of, or not coincidentally, but uh, it stops aging for, 
I, I'm gonna, just going to say fan service sake. Sure, There's of really course. There's no reason besides that. Of course it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's fine. But uh, overall, for, through the two uh, cores of Shield Hero, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I gave, it an, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was it was really good. Um, really good arcs. Uh, just like the side characters brought it down just a little bit. Fair one enough. one arc brought it down a little bit. It's just... It's really hard to give like an isekai show like anything above a 9 for me. So Oh, I don't have any problem. I, I rate on the higher end. I, I'm easy to please, though. So oh, for sure. Me too. <laughs> I, just, I just... When they gave me the first arc... I wish every arc was like that. Yep. But it wasn't, but it was still a very good show. Absolutely. All right. The next ha- the next show that we're going to jump into is the one that I watched, so I only half watched it, was the new season of One Punch Man. And I'm not going to talk about 10 minutes about One Punch Man. Just going to give a quick uh, how I feel about it, because it's Switch Studios, and a lot of people were upset about that, but I think a lot of people were happy that the fact they were still getting a season two regardless... Uh, I've gone through half of it, and I don't think it's as bad as people think it is. I think a lot of people give it some slack for the animation. Uh, some of the stories maybe it's not as good as season one, just because the a lot of people like love, love, love season one. Uh, yeah. Personally, I did too. I gave it. A, I think I gave it a nine on Mal. This was a pretty good show. I gave it a seven. I think if you're a fan of the show, you definitely would go and check it out. It's just not what season one was like but i think overall i think people give it way too much criticism for what it is i just overall i think it's just a, a pretty good show seven out of ten no that's not a bad rating at all that's pretty good actually so uh the next one we're going to be looking at is demon slayer and this one's continuing on into the next season we're going to be watching so you'll hear about this again but the premise of this one is that the main character sorry about that the main character his entire family is murdered by a demon while he's out selling charcoal in the middle of winter, and the only person that survives is his younger sister, who he tries to rescue, but turns out that she's been bitten by the demon and has demon blood in her and starts to transform into a demon herself. Luckily for him, she has something about her that we don't really know yet that is preventing her from having that demon lust for human flesh, And so he sets out to become a demon slayer to hunt demons and eventually try to find a way to turn his sister back into a human. If that sounds similar to an older show called Inuyasha, you're actually, it's, to me, that's exactly the vibe I got from it. A half demon and a human traveling together to stop some big bad guy who has some power that they need to turn a person back in, or a demon back into a person it's a very similar premise the art in this show is absolutely beautiful i love it and the action scenes are amazing what do you think about it peter uh i could not say how great the visuals are this show um absolutely blown away by that old school style art in a modern show his water sword that he uses is breathtaking and a lot of the other characters um like move sets as well are like visually breathtaking. The action scenes are amazing. Uh, I really, really like the story of like he's setting out for revenge because he they killed his family, and he has all these I shouldn't say powers, but he's definitely trained to have some type of water power with his sword. Um, 
In terms of his sister, Nezuko, I think that she's best girl over Raftalia for the oh, season. That's totally fair. I think she is a fantastic character. She's kind of like a... She's like a blade from the, like the vampire blade, but she's a she's a demon. She's she's pure demon, but she also has like the human emotions still inside of her. She's kind of like half and half. Uh, she relies on sleeping instead of blood to regenerate. So I kind of like that type of like that she doesn't have to eat humans to regenerate like other de- or the, I should say just to live in general for like the other demons that she just needs to sleep. And I was like that makes sense because humans just need to sleep to get better uh i think the 14th episode came out yesterday i'm 13 episodes in so i'm caught up as of just about yesterday uh overall fantastic show cannot recommend enough if you are like a shonen with a good story good fight scenes great visuals i right now i have it as a 9 out of 10 i think it's that good Yep, I agree with you 100%, 9 out of 10. The visuals, the water visuals especially, are absolutely stunning. It's like a water painting coming off of his sword. It's, it mesh, it, it doesn't like, it pops, I guess, with the uh, background art. It's so cool. It's something you just kind of have to see. Yep. Is there anything that you don't like about this show? Because for me, I personally am having a really hard time finding something I don't like about this show. Yeah, it's a good point i can't think of anything per se the boar guy kind of bothers me a little bit sure i understand that it's it's ticky tacky nitpicky at that point i guess yep. the the lightning guy the whiny little kid kind of is annoying too but i'm tr- i'm very interested to see how his character plays out i yeah that that's the thing i haven't completely written him off because he obviously is powerful i don't but... know if you've seen black clover but he kind of reminded me of asta the main uh, character from Black Clover. Yeah, yeah, but the visuals are so good, where where he's just crying the whole time, but like his eyes are like shooting out of his face, and it's like it's kind of annoying, but the visuals make it hilarious, and so it's, oh, it's funny. It's, for it's something sure. Black Clover couldn't do. And, I'm just like, wondering if he stays like this throughout the show and doesn't change. I'm assuming they're gonna like dive into his character at some point, but if he yeah. doesn't change and he just stays the whiny scaredy cat eventually it's gonna be get to the point where i'm like dude just go away so that we can like deal with this stuff when you're not hiding in a corner crying your eyes out yelling about how scared you are yep and i think if, the only they, reason, if, oh. if he grows i'm totally okay with him yep yep and i think like the only reason why i don't give it like a 10 out of 10 is because there's still 12 more episodes to go at least for this season i'm my guess is it's going to get like a second season just because it's blowing up but some stories change like it, the first half could be amazing second arc could be garbage so i'm holding off on giving it like a 10 out of 10 so that's why i gave it a 9 out of 10 that's fair and if you're like a fan of shows like inuyasha you will absolutely love this show i guarantee it next up we have isekai quartet it is a quality personally a personally quality crossover show between tanya the evil overlord konosuba and re-zero it's exactly what you think it is. It's just a quick 12-minute comedy with 12 episodes. Uh, it was recently announced that Season 2 will be coming out with a new transfer student. Adam, what do you think about this one? I really like this. I'm like We've talked about before, we're both Isekai fans. We've seen these shows. And to see the characters interact in a high school setting and like form their little cliques, like, like Tanya and um, Ions becoming good friends because they both like sense like camaraderie in each other that they've both been through the same thing 
and the same thing for um I'm spacing on their names the two Subaru and Kazuma yeah Subaru and Kazuma like bonding at least for a short moment over their like similar situations before they realize that they're going to be rivals instead for yep. some uh, for some reason I like reason. that Kazuma wishes he had a harem and exactly. Subaru <laughs> and Subaru not noticing that he has a harem <laughs> and Kazuma like generally hating him for it yep and Subaru's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Cosmo just getting very, very upset about that, since Cosmo is one of my favorite characters in anime to begin with. He's absolutely a blast in this show. Yeah. I, just, I really just like that. I haven't seen something... Because season three of Overlord was really, really bad, and I loved the first two seasons of Overlord. So I was really just... I really like all four of these shows. I've kind of seen Tanya. So I should say I really like three and a half of these shows. Yeah. And it was really nice to just see a different take from it. And it made me just want more of all these shows. Which, luckily, we're getting the Konosuba movie uh, this Dece- this August. Which is technically their season 3. And then ReZero season 2 was announced. That's for 2020. Uh, I'm assuming we'll probably get season 4 of Overlord. Not sure when that happened. And then the Tanya the Evil movie came out two yep. months ago. Something like so- that. So these are all like reoccurring shows. Since it's getting a second season, it's pretty likely that these shows will be continuing. They're putting money behind it, and a lot of people like these shows a lot. Um, Ab, what do you give this show personally? I gave it a seven out of ten. I enjoyed it. As a short, it's absolutely perfect. I couldn't really give a short though like this anything more than that. Yep, I, I just some of my favorite shows. I gave it an eight out of ten. Just really easy to watch really funny there's no, I don't think there was like a bad episode it's it's a 12 minute hysterical laugh fest alright the next one we're diving in to is Diamond No Ace or Ace of Diamond this is the third season if I remember right act 2 though which is it, it's kind of confusing to remember but it's act 2 it's the third season it's the continuation of um Saito High School and their uh, drive to become the national champions of baseball. Uh, you're watching the first season, if I recall right now, right? That's correct. Yep, I'm about halfway through the first season. Yeah, so this is a continuation. At some point, there's going to be a change-up in the team. I'm not going to say a lot about that just to spare you, but like, the, this is, I believe, the next year. The first tournament of the next year, continuing on from where season two left off. If you like baseball anime, this is the baseball anime to watch this season. There's another one coming up that is not anywhere near as good. The art in this show is great. The some of the ways they do like uh, baseball plays, like they reenact plays from the major leagues through the matches. It's really really cool, and they. If you're a fan of sports anime, this is a great one to watch. What do you think about this show so far from what you've seen? So far, it's like... Because one of my all-time favorite shows in any genre is Haiku. And it kind of gives me that shonen sports feel, which I, that's what I loved about Haiku. And I, I kind of get that with with Diamond No Ace. Uh, the characters aren't as good as Haiku, but for like if you're looking for like a base, this is a really good baseball show. I yeah. definitely like recommend it. It's kind of the main character is kind of like quirky. I really like him a lot. Uh, he's one of the, like the definite best qualities of the show. Definitely recommend it to anybody who's looking for like a sports anime to watch. Yeah, 
Sal Moore is the pitcher. He's actually, well, a pitcher. He's not the pitcher because he's actually not all that great, and there's other better pitchers around him. But the thing I think the show excels at is making sure all the players get their chance to shine. It's not just about the MC. Every single character, and even when they start switching the team up, the other characters that come in all get have their own personality, their own like style to playing baseball. And even the rival teams get fleshed out, and I really like that about the show. This last season has kind of been, I feel like it's accelerated, so it kind of dropped off from the first two seasons, which I gave eights. But uh, I gave this one a 7 out of 10. Yep, and I have season one at about a 7. Just, just a quality sports show. Yep. The next one we're going to talk about is one we both have differing opinions on. Can't wait. And- that's Wise Man's Grandchild. And for me, I actually really liked the show. I shouldn't say really liked it. I enjoyed it, we'll say. Um, it's a basic isekai romp. Uh, the main character is extremely OP to the point where they're, I, he's like OP by the time he's like eight years old in the story. And, and for, even though he's like OP though, I feel like they do a good job of explaining why he wasn't just born that way. He kind of his uh, premise is that he has the ability. He when he was sorry, when he was born, he remembered his previous life. He was reincarnated into this world of magic, and because he has knowledge of how things work, science and like astro- astronomy and stuff like that, he's able to utilize the ma- magic system way better than everyone else. For example, they use fire as a good example. Uh, he knows why fire burns. So, therefore, he's able to make a bigger, more powerful fire spell than anybody else. And through all this knowledge and combining the two worlds, he becomes absolutely broken. Um, like I said, it's nothing special. It's a basic Isekai romp, but I had a really fun run with it. There isn't a harem aspect in this one. I enjoyed the main character and his girlfriend, Sicily, and their relationship as they both kind of they both liked each other, but they didn't want to admit it because they were kids. I found it. I thought it was fun, but you didn't like this show at all. So first to start off, how I knew this show was going to be trash is the OP is one of the worst OPs I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, I skipped that. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> you are lucky because the first time I listened to it, I was like, this is terrible. This is one of the worst OPs I've ever heard. And... Then I started watching the OPs to laugh about how bad it was. It literally set the mood of the show for me immediately. Um, yeah, so, like like we said, it's technically an isekai, but, like, I don't see why it needed to be. Like, why, they just brightly brought, like, yeah, he died earlier, and now he's, now he's not dead anymore. Now he's a kid in another world. And it's, like, it's never brought up other than the fact that he's just, like, yeah, I remember where I was in another world. Yeah, he remembers his previous life. I don't know why this just couldn't be a fantasy show. Like, why why can't this just be... We live in a world with powers. Why does it have to be an isekai? It's like a... It's just so forced. It... it, I feel like they forced it just so that they had a reason to explain why he's OP, which I'm actually okay with. I'd rather have him have an explanation than just be OP for OP's sake. Um... You liked Shin, the main character. I don't. Uh, I don't. I didn't like Shin. Oh, you did character. not like him. I li- I liked Sicily in the okay. sub. His girlfriend, I find adorable. 
I okay. absolutely loved her. He's like he takes bland bitch protagonist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To a whole nother level. The only he, thing I liked about him was the way him and Sicily acted. I Sicily's my second favorite character this season. Okay. So maybe I, she just like my fucking love for her was the thing that kept me going through the show cuz she is absolutely adorable with how shy she is and reserved she is, but then at the same time she'll just have this one line where she's super outgoing for just a split second where she's trying to get Shin to realize that she wants him. And then everyone turns like, holy crap, I can't believe you said that. And she just cowers. It's like, I'm so sorry. Goes yeah. back to her shy reserve. I love that. Yep. Uh, she, I, I thought she was a perfectly fine character. Um, the only thing I liked about him that was different was like, I'm super OP. I can like literally enchant anything I want. So I'm just gonna make all my friends super OP. Yeah. I'm like that, that was kind of cool, but then they named themselves the Ultimate Magicians. Like, I was like, that's a terrible, terrible name. Oh, the name sucked. It was. And I just... think he even he even knew that the name sucked. He's like, I couldn't think of anything else. And then everyone's making fun of it, except for like the one glasses girl. She's like, I like this though. Yeah. Um. There was a couple of like random fan service stuff that was just like out of nowhere and not needed. There's an episode where a girl is going to the bathroom, and a bidet hits her. And she's like, ooh! I'm like, why is this needed in the show? <laughs> like, why do I have to watch a girl go to the bathroom in a, like, a fantasy-style isekai show? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then there's, like, some other scenes where we're like, I don't know, it's like girls, like, leaning over and you can see their cleavage. I'm like, it's, I understand it's fan service. It's just like, it's just, it was so random and, like, not needed and, I don't know, there's, like, that was just like it like kind of like pulled me away from the show and I thought the story itself was pretty like predictable you could see where it was going oh yeah the only redeeming quality was episode 3 spoiler alert um where Shin just straight up straight up just like he was a student that turned into like a demon and Shin just like murders him on campus I'm like holy shit like that was really cool like that was out of nowhere and great and that was the only moment of the show where I thought it was great yeah I don't think anything actually stood out as great to me but I had fun watching it I didn't I went in there expecting an OP isekai and that's exactly what I got and I found a character I did not expect to love that I loved and it didn't have that overly harem aspect that I totally expected so for me I was like you know this beat my expectations I had for it. Sure. I, well, by the end, I had fun with it, so... For me, what did I you, gave, uh... Oh, go ahead, sorry. I was gonna say, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 3. It was a contender for the worst show of the season. Um, wow. Luckily for this show, that there was a, another show that was by far the worst show of the season, and we will get to that later. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, we will talk about that one later, but... Alright. Alright, next up is one that I watched, uh, the new remake of Fruits Basket's Brotherhood. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a cute remake of the original, uh, cute romantic drama with some really cool Zodiac elements into it. I never saw the original. And I did watch the original back in 2004, yes. I think. It was like my first year of high school or something. And how did you like the original? I know a lot of people like the original. It was good. I don't remember a ton about it at this point 15 years later, but I, yep. at the time, it was one of the shows, the first shows I watched when I got 
back into my anime kick back in high school. Yep. Uh, it's definitely a different change of pace on the romantic comedy genre, which I'm a really big fan of. A lot of times they don't really have, like, supernatural elements to it, and this is kind of a, a really cool change of pace for this type of genre. Um, it's rumored to have 63 episodes in the remake. Uh, they confirmed that the first season is 25, wow. so it's pretty much confirmed that there will be a second season, that they're making an they're not saying that the show ends at 25 that the first season ends at 25 because the voice actor for the dub I think accidentally said that there was 63 and he like deleted the tweet but it's oh, already out there yeah so the rumor is 63 episodes for Fruits Baskets um I think it's just a very easy romantic comedy to watch the characters are funny Honda's like facial expressions are like over the top and hilarious which I like in, like, those type of comedies that, like, don't take themselves too serious, but still, like, really good quality elements to the show. Um, so far, it's still ongoing. I've watched 12 episodes, I believe, and it's a solid 8 out of 10 romantic comedy. I remember that's about what I think I have the first one rated, so that's good, and the art looks a lot better than the original one, so I'm excited to check it out at some point. Yes, and I hope that... I kind of hope that it is 63 episodes. Uh, it seems a little bit more, uh, like, I think the longest romantic comedy show that I watched was Kimini Tadoke, and that was, like, 37. So that's 63 episodes for a rom-com is kind of unheard of. So I'm really looking forward to see what they do going forward. Alrighty. Uh, so the next show we're checking out was Helpful Fox Senko-san, and we both watched this one, am I correct? That's correct. So this show is about a businessman who is overworked, not appreciated, basically hates his life. He's unhappy. And one day he comes home from another long, strenuous day at work, and he comes across a what looks like a little girl in a kitsune cosplay, a fox cosplay, who starts serving him dinner and is cleaned his house. And at first he's kind of turned off by like what's going on why is there a random kid in my house but uh he finds out that Senko-san is here she is a demigod a fox a kitsune demigod who's like 800 years old or something like that who's come to basically pamper him and make his stress go away so the show's really just about a guy who overworks himself comes home and gets pampered and at the end of each episode is normally some kind of little like tidbit that'll try to that'll just try to make you feel good like yep. what did you think about it yeah it's a uh, cute fox does cute things for a really tired dude yeah it, uh, it's a only. very very cute show um i it's like the everybody loves raymond of shows where it's just you want to turn your brain off and watch something like you turn on everybody loves raymond yeah because you could you could literally just like pick it up in any random episode and you'd be fine like, there's really no story. There's no, like, arcs to this. It's just a cute fox. Really, is this really, really cute fox? Is helping out this guy who's overworked, like, who works, like, 90 hours a week. So, it was a really easy show. Technically, it's a comedy, but it really wasn't that funny. Yeah. Uh, it's more just, like, it's just, like, a cute slice of life show. I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was fine. It didn't have, like, the quality slice of life show things that I like like um Yuru Camp or Laid Back Camp was where it's just cute girls going camping but the show was 
absolutely amazing in the slice of life elements. It was just missing stuff like that. So, uh, I, I gave it like I gave it like a five or six out of ten. It's just like a normal good show. I gave it a six out of ten as well. The one thing I want to give it credit for though is there are a couple of the little things that Senko says to help him feel good that are really heartwarming. Like I don't remember the episode itself, but he comes home after a long day of work and he's basically like had the worst day and he doesn't want to he basically wants him to like tell her like what happened he doesn't want to complain about it because he doesn't have the right to complain when there are so many people out there that have it worse and the what she says to him i wish i could remember it exactly but i'll she says something along the lines of like even though there are people that had it worse it doesn't take away from how hard you had to work today like it's okay to like admit that you had a bad day and to like you know scream it as loud as you have to scream it yeah. you know and for someone who works in a warehouse where some days can be stressful and I just hate what I'm doing that really like rang home to me like it felt really good to be able like you know what you're right I might not have it as bad as other people but that doesn't like take away from what I'm feeling right now I can yeah, feel absolutely. stressed and overworked and that be okay even if there are people who have it worse yes absolutely so what do you end up giving the show? I gave it a uh, six out of ten as well. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think I, I, I could definitely like recommend it to anybody if you're just looking for a show to shut your brain off and watch a cute fox. That's yep. all. All right. Next up is my anime of the season. I cannot recommend this show enough, and it is Carol and Tuesday. Um, first off, the animations are by Bone Studios, who did the My Hero Academia show, so you know the animations are going to be on point. Uh, the pop culture references in the show are... Oh, so just, let me explain the show real quick. It's about two girls who are trying to make it big 50 years from now on Mars. And so what they're trying to do is they go on to, like, in The Voice or America Idol, America's Idol type of show where they're trying to compete and get their name out there. And there's really cool elements of, like, their videos are going viral on YouTube uh, there's a bunch of like pop culture references, such as they're going to go see an artist named Bruno at a concert. So like they're on Mars, so they're going to see Bruno on Mars. So it's like really <laughs> funny music pop culture references throughout the entire show. That like if you're a fan of music, you're like that's super witty and funny. Uh, all the music is original music sung in English, and it's up until recently they've been like. 10 out of 10 every single song has been unbelievable uh now that when they got to like the american idol type of show it's a little it's gone down a little bit but it kind of makes sense because like the people who are singing bad songs lose the competition so it kind of makes sense why they're not doing like amazing songs for these other people so the music itself has been like unlike any other show i've ever seen in my entire life um like I said, the quality of the show is amazing. The storytelling is amazing. The characters themselves are really good. Like, they're kind of polar opposites, but they kind of, like, work together because they both have the same goal in mind. One's a guitar singer. The other one plays keyboard. And they're, like, they sing, like, these, like, uh, Taylor Swift type of songs. But, like, at the same time, they also sing, like, some soul music. And it's really, really, really great. The only downfall to the show is that it's only being streamed on Netflix Japan. So unless you have a VPN and can speak English or speak Japanese, the only way you can legally watch it is Netflix Japan, or you can just find some random 
malware-infested site and watch it for free, but it was announced literally today that it was coming to all Netflix platforms on August 30th, so I'm really hoping that that gets the word out to people. Um, it's kind of like what I gave Demon Slayer. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10 just because it's a it's 25 episodes and we're 12 episodes through, so I need to wait to see how the second uh, part of the season goes, but overall, my God, this show is fantastic. If you like drama, romance, music, slice of life, pop culture references, beautiful animations, beautiful characters, uh, check out Carol and Tuesday, please. I cannot recommend this show enough, and like nobody is talking about it. So, like I said, 9 out of 10 with a very, very easy possibility of being a 10 out of 10 show. I'll definitely have to check it out when we get it on uh, Netflix then. Yes. That sounds good. So the next one we're going to be looking at is We Never Learn. We both watched this one. It's about a smart kid whose name is Nariyuki who has to teach two geniuses, Rizu and Fumino, how to basically get into the college that they chose. Even though they're geniuses, they excel in only one subject. Rizu excels in math. Fumino excels in her, I'm going to say writing, they don't really say, but she emotionally connects to people, so she's really, she's able to, like, get her thoughts out on paper. However, they're aiming to get into colleges for the opposite field. Um, so, Rizu has to learn how to understand writing more, and Fumino has to understand science and math, and... Because the, they're both geniuses, they can't teach each other because they say something along the lines of they don't understand what they don't know, so they can't teach the other person. And along the way, Nariyuki's friend Uruka, who is a swimmer, joins, and she has to become his student as well because she needs to learn English to get into her school. It's a rom-com. It's hilarious. I love the show. The art is actually really I really like the art. It's beautiful. And Urika is my favorite character of the season. You're right. She has, besides just being, like, cute and adorable and outgoing and sporty, she also has the hottest tan lines. <laughs> <laughs> I love the character design. I love the back and forth of the characters. And they eventually introduce some more along the way, but those four Nariyuki, Rizu, Fumino, and Uruka are the the main four gir- four characters. Three girls, one guy. It it's a fun. It's similar to quintessential quintuplets from the season before. Season before, yes. where it's a smart kid teaching girls how to teaching them math and science and all that stuff. It's real fun. Yep, I thought this was going to be like a Nisekoi type of high school harm anime type of show that we're going to get into, but. It was way better than that. Yep. It was it definitely Team Eureka. What I really like about these shows is then we can see online arguments about who's best girl, and I'm glad that we decided it's the it's Eureka. So I'm yeah. glad we're on the same boat for that one. Uh, Ari announced that the show's getting a second season. I believe it's 2020, but I could be mistaken. It might be. It might actually be winter 2020. Yeah, I th- not entirely sure. I. Th- it's, I, I think it it's was either coming late up in the next couple seasons or something. Yeah, like I think that. it's either late 2019 or early 2020. Um, like you said before, really similar to quintessential quintuplets. I like quintessential quintuplets a little bit better. Yep. But I honestly thought that show was like really good. Um, 
because harm's really not my style of show but like if they do like the comedy elements right the romance elements right like it could be like a it could be a really good show and this is a really good show i normally like harems but i'm don't like them when they're in my isekais um, okay. I'm weird. It's like I don't like the green beans to touch the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, everybody's got their own preferences, so. Yeah. So for this, I gave it an 8 out of 10, the same score I gave Quintessential Quintuplet. So if you do watch this, check that one out as well. Yeah, I gave Quintessential an 8, so I gave this a 7 just right. because. But, like, if we were doing it on, like, a decimal scale, like, Quintessential's an 8, and this is, like, a 7.8, like, <laughs> it's really really good a really quality show yep all right uh next one that we that i watched is called ao chan can't study it's a 12 minute comedy about a cute girl whose dad writes erotic novels and she is haunted by it because she has been (laughs) surrounded by sex her entire life and she really really her whole goal of the show is to get into a college as far away from her dad as possible until the cute boy talks to her and then all of these like sexual things start happening, but the problem is this guy knows nothing about sex, and she's been around sex her whole life, so she knows everything about sex, and like erotic novels, so she just assumes that since a boy likes her and she likes him, that it's going to play off like an erotic novel, and obviously none of that happens because they're like 15 years old. <laughs> um, it's a really easy 12-minute comedy, like, it's technically etchy, but not really. They just, like, talk about sex, but it's never really, like, over-the-top cleavage that type of fan service you're, like, expecting. It was more, like, it was actually, like, more story-driven etchy comedy, which is kind of different these days. Um, definitely recommended if that's your thing. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Like, just really funny, etchy comedy. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but just from the description, it sounds like I probably should have. It's much better than the next edgy comedy we're going to talk about. Yeah, I still don't know exactly whether I agree with my own rating on this one or not. The next one we're talking about is Why Are You Here, Teacher? And this is pretty much, it's a it's a short as well, but it follows, is it three different? Four. It, it becomes four. I think, yeah, the last one shows up in the last couple episodes. But four different boys all falling in love with their teacher in some weird different way because of the odd circumstance they always find themselves in. It's it's an etchy, it's... There's not a lot to say about it. It's kids getting into weird circumstances with their teacher because their teacher's in a place they don't expect, like the boys' bathroom or runs into the teacher at a dry cleaner or something like that, and they're always in some position that Eh, they shouldn't be in. There's not a lot to really say. What did you think about it? Yeah, this one is this this show is made for fourteen to sixteen year old boys. It's kind of like watching porn on Cinemax or HBO, where <laughs> it's not actually porn, but like you see a boob every now and then type of thing. Uh, unlike Ao Chan can't study. This is there's no story. It's just. Um, teenage boys getting into awkward situations with their female teachers. If this was like flipped the other way, I think a lot of people would have issues with it. If yeah, absolutely. Male, male teachers are trying to sleep because it's like it's not like the kids want to be in the beginning. It's like it's not like the 
teenage kids like want to be in the relationship it's like these teachers want to fuck their students yeah pretty much so like it's, it's if it very one the other way for a lot of yeah. these and the guys just kind of agree with it because like young males would in many situations they're like hot teacher wants me okay yeah like, so it's just like yeah of course if you're a 15 year old kid your teacher wants to sleep with you like you probably go sleep with your teacher so um yeah i also don't know if i agree with it i give it a five but i think it's more along the lines of like a three or a four i i'm changing my rating right now after i just thought about it for a while i'm giving it the four Okay. And I'm lowering the next, well, not the next one, but the next short we talk about to even lower yeah. than that. I just want to recommend, <laughs> I do not recommend the show to anybody. Oh, no, I, I don't either. I think, like, the, the only reason why I watched it was, like, I think it came out on Sundays, and it was, like, the only show that I watched on Sundays or something like that. Or it came out on, like, a Tuesday. I have no it's excuses. Just, I'm just a weird pervert. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair. I mean... <laughs> It's not like that. So, sometimes, like, good, etchy shows exist. Like, this I don't know if you've ever one, seen... Though. If you've ever seen Prison School. Prison School is a oh, yeah. hilarious, school-based, etchy comedy. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. I love High School DxD, and that's... High thing. School DxD, there you go. So, those like, are there like, are good, etchies out there, but this is not yeah, one of them. Those are good, like, those are just good shows with etchy elements. This is just an etchy show. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> yep. So... Did you give a rating for it? Uh, I gave it a five, yeah. but I think it's more along. I, I think it's more along the lines of like a three or a four. Yeah, I gave it. I gave it a four. So the next one we're gonna talk about. I don't know if we disagree on this one per se, but we both watched uh, we it. We might with Cinderella Nine, and it's about a girl who comes to a school, decides to start up a baseball club, and then goes around recruiting girls to join the baseball team. Uh, there's not a lot to say, but besides, this is a cross between a sports anime and an idol anime. It's yep. if you took Love Live and tried to mix it with uh, Diamond No Ace, and it doesn't work. Those yep, two it's, settings did yeah. not mesh at all. Uh, it'd be go for oh, it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I will say like it'd be really cool to see like an empower like especially at least in women's sports like this, softball is way more prevalent than baseball, even, like, fast pitch. It would be really cool to see, like, a really good quality, like, fast pitch softball girl anime. But this is just, like, they dolled them up, and it's an idol anime that they play baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't do either well. They try to copy the character designs and, like, the character tropes of an idol anime, but they're bad copies. Like, none of these girls stand out in any way besides no not even not even the main character she is just a copy of like a character from love live she's 100 percent the same character from love live yeah she's it, just i'm the leader everybody follow me oh my god you're so great you're everybody the looks up shy to her. one that doesn't want to talk to anyone like they have every trope imaginable from an idol show and then they try to get the baseball element in and the thing that makes sports anime good is when they understand the rules and the scenes and like the way the sort the matches play out is fun and energetic and lively and they don't do that with this. Yes. They the only there's one good match I think in the entire show and by good I mean better than everything else that the show does and that's the last match that they have in the last two episodes episodes 
12 and 13. Oh, no, 11 and 12. Yep. So 12 I'm glad you stuck it out because I dropped it after five episodes. The one thing I will give it credit for is the sound, I think, is actually pretty good. The audio quality is decent. The art is terrible at times. You get those weird background faces where characters have lopsided eyes and stuff. The last half of the show, they drop the whole recruiting aspect and when they get into the sports aspect and the drama aspect the show actually gets a little bit better but not enough to make it worth recommending to anybody unless like you said like unless you're me and you're easily pleased with shows this isn't something you should probably watch it even has a mobile game did i say that this was an idle show disguised as a baseball show I, can't I did not know it had a mobile game. It has so a mobile gotcha game. It's confirmed an idle show that if it has a mobile game. Yeah. So I gave it, again, I think I rated it a bit too high. I gave it a 6 out of 10, but that's only because I actually enjoyed a couple of the drama episodes later on where characters get into a fight. It was the best part of the show for me. I probably would give it a 5 if I didn't just, if I had given myself time to think about it before rating it. My biggest takeaway is they just... I don't know if you've ever seen the movie A League of Their Own, which is like a women's baseball team type oh, yeah. of show, uh, movie. Yep. The, why not make like a show where it's like, these girls aren't like cute and ditzy. Like, they want to play sports. Like, they're really good at it. You can make that show and be good. Like, A League of Their Own is an amazing movie. Yep, like, that, that's a you, very good point. Like, you don't have to make it so like these girls are just so cute, ditzy... I don't know how to catch a ground ball type of thing because like they have like a 15 minute practice scene where they can't catch the ball, they can't do grounders, they can't hit the ball when they're batting. It's just like, why am I invested in this show? Like, you are all terrible at baseball. Like, the show is going nowhere. They have two characters in the show that know what they're well on their team that know what they're doing. Yeah, it's. I think that it's it's kind of like a Sandlot type of thing, but like those kids like generally love like they suck at baseball, but like they love baseball and they yep. try at baseball. These are like girls. I think one's like a cheerleader. They just grab her and like, hey, are you want to play baseball? She's like, sure, whatever. One's part it's of like, the uh, newspaper club. Yeah, it's just like it's different when like the characters aren't invested in what they're doing. Like, I don't. Why should I care about these characters? I gave it a four. Because I give it a four after watching five episodes. I think if I watched all twelve episodes, I'd give it a two or a three. It's just, it's just not good. Yeah, it's, uh, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. I gave, like I said, I gave it a six. I'd probably, if I had, I probably will change it to a five now that I think about it. It's yeah, it doesn't do anything stand out, and it doesn't live up to a sports or idol anime. Yep, and if you want to watch a good, I, I'm going to say a good, not great, uh, like, female sports show, watch Hani Bado from, like, two seasons ago, the badminton one. Oh, yeah. That was, that, I mean, those that was a pretty good show. Yep, I, it was pretty good. I think I gave that one a seven? I also gave it a seven. Yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about, and it's going to be very brief because it's that bad, is Washer, She and I in the Woman's Bath. This is the one I watched. And no one should watch it. Like, Why Are You Here, Teacher? Actually, not like Why Are You Here, Teacher, because it's worse. Why Are You Here, Teacher wasn't etchy. This is a straight-up hentai. There's no other way to describe it. It has an uncensored version and a censored version. The censored one's like five minutes long an episode. So it would take you, I think it's eight episodes, so it might take you like 20, 30 minutes to get through it if you cut out the opening music or the OP and the ED cut them out you got like a three minute show 
The uncensored version, like I said, is a hentai, but it's a bad hentai, and you should just watch something else. It's about a guy who has to work at his father's bathhouse because his father's hurt, and the girl that bullies him at school who secretly has a crush on him comes in with the volleyball team, and he's going to get revenge by raping her. And then she confesses her love for him, and so does the volleyball captain, and it's eight episodes of nonsensical sex. It's trash. I gave it a three, a four, three or a four. It's not worth your time. <laughs> That's it. That's all I could say about yeah. it. All right. And then since I watched significantly more seasonal anime than Ab, I'm just going to run through a couple of shows that I watched, give a quick synopsis, and then what I rated it. Uh, the first one that I watched was Hitori Bochi, which was the surprise of the season for me. Uh, it's a, just a cute girl story who wants to make friends. Um, this was a absolute delight of the show, unlike Senko-san earlier, where it's just a cute fox doing cute things. This one actually had, like, character development, uh, hilarious dialogue. Uh, I thought the main character would be really annoying because she's very timid and shy, but she grows as a character, and you see her as she's trying to be a better person and more outgoing because she knows that she's not going to make any friends if she's just going to sit there and be quiet. And so she, like, befriends, like, this bully type of character who's actually, like, a softie. Uh, this ditzy girl who's actually, like, really ambitious, but she just comes off as dumb. Um, a girl who's pretending to be a ninja. She's from, like, America. She moved to Japan to be a ninja. So, like, that's really, I don't know, just, like, really funny, nonsensical stuff. It reminded me a lot of uh, Nan Biori, if you've ever seen that. Or those type of style of just, like, really funny, cute, school, slice-slice shows. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Next one is Senryu Girl. It's about a girl who has a speaking problem, so she only communicates in facial expressions and writing haikus. Um, it's basically based around the romance between the two main characters. One's, like, um, a bully. I should say a bully. He looks like a bully, but he's, like, really nice. Uh, he's like the most loving person in the world but he just comes off as he kind of reminds me of Ryuji from Toradora that type of character and then the girl who talks only in haikus and their relationships it's like a 12 minute rom-com slice of life show uh really really funny situations that they get into that like makes sense not like oh I just randomly tripped and fell and now I'm on top of you type of nonsense like other animes do really great show 8 out of 10 um, actually, this one's my biggest surprise of the season was Kono Oto Tamare. It's a music show about a school club who plays the Kono. It's a traditional Japanese string instrument. Um, the It's a very character-based um, drama comedy music show. Lots of really, really good chemistry between all the characters. Really good possible like romantic relationships on the road because the season two wasn't already announced. Uh, it has its like super funny moments. It has its really serious drama moments. The music is fantastic. Um, the characters remind me a lot of Maid Sama, if you've ever seen that show. Uh, really, really good show if you like music, drama, comedy. 8 out of 10. Uh, next one is Fairy Gone, which I think had the most hype going into the season because it's, it was original by PA Works, if I'm not mistaken. 
and it was the first show I dropped this season. <laughs> uh, the only good show, the only re- or the only good thing about this show is the animations. It's visually like absolutely beautiful. I really like that it's a it's kind of like World War Two themed, mixed with uh, the supernatural magic elements to it, where people have a select few people have these elements inside of them called fairies, and the fairies can be summoned and fought for them or and fight for them. But the only issue is they don't really explain how the fairies got there. The main character essentially eats a fairy, and becomes and has this fairy inside of her that can fight for her. So it makes it seem like why doesn't just every single person in the world eat a fairy so they can have the superpower? And they don't really explain it, and it makes no sense. Um, people trash this show so much that it's twenty-four episodes split into two twelve-episode um, like seasons. And it was going to be 24 episodes straight, and it got panned so bad that the studio is actually taking a break to make the next 12 episodes better. Um, I gave it a 5 out of 10 after watching 6 episodes, and they were pretty... Those were, were pretty hard 6 episodes to watch. Like, the dialogue is really, really bad. Uh, just It's just it's just visually really good. Next one up is Mix, which is an ongoing baseball show similar to Diamond Note Ace. Except this one looks like it was made in 1990, uh, which is I kind of like it. The art style is very, very different compared to what's out there. It I can't really tell what era it's in because, like I said, it looks like it's in 19. They're it's made in 1990, and it kind of feels like they're living in 1990. But some of them have like flip phones, and some of them have smartphones, and some of them have landlines and. I'm really confused, like, where the setting of the show is with similar story. Two brothers want to go to the National Tournament for Baseball. I think this is going to be, like, a 100-episode show. It's kind of based off of an older show that had, like, 100 episodes. Uh, The only issues with me is it took a very, very long time to get to the actual baseball parts. And it was just setting up the story but I feel like they could have done it in like three episodes and they did it in like six episodes so that was kind of a drawback so I gave that one a 7 out of 10 and the last one is the worst show of the season it is called Nobonga Sensei it's about a teacher who has random girls summoned from the past to be his wife and it's (laughs) it was not funny or anything is it was similar to just like um the what are you doing here sensei where it's a grown-ass man and like four 12 year old girls fighting over this like 29 year old and i don't recommend it to anybody i gave it a two out of ten only because the worst show i've ever seen is a one out of ten and that's the only show that's going to get a one out of (laughs) ten yeah i have not heard good things about nobunaga sensei It it is terrible do not ever watch it Alright, so Adam, this portion, since you may not have seen as many seasons anime as I have, what's your overall show of 2019 so far? Overall show of 2019. Or your best in show. Yeah, probably Rising of the Shield Hero. I think it's two seasons long. It it has the most complete story of a show that came out in 2019, and it's really good. So for me, Rising of the Shield Hero is my top show of the year so far. Alright, and I'm going to do my personal top five. So this is dating back from the beginning of this year. There's one show that technically started in 2018, but it ended in 2019. So I'm counting that as it ended, since it ended this year, that it's going to be in this year. 
So my number five is Love is War or, um, yeah, yeah, Love is War. A really, really funny romantic comedy where they the two characters, they both like each other, but they think whoever confesses is the weakest of the two. So the whole goal is trying to convince the other person to confess to them first because they both know they like each other. So it's a really different element to like the rom-com scene. Definitely, like the characters are hilarious. Chica and I am blanking on the other girl's name. Crap! I'm looking flames once. Chica is adorable. (laughs) No, it's very important. She's a very, very. Oh my god, Kaguya-sama! That's what it is. Kaguya and Chica. uh, Yes, they're both going to be. They're both in contention for like best girl. Of the year, uh, personally, I like Chica more than Kaguya, but like, I think most, horrible. I actually think most people like Kaguya way more. So we're kind of in the minority, Are but we? I see that the Chica I think so. dance is I, such a big meme. I feel like she would win a popularity contest. The but. only, although, like, I saw like if you ever, if anyone ever goes on to our anime and they have the best girl contest, uh, Kaguya gets way more votes than Chica. That's sad. So that's. That's the only thing I can really base it off of. And I think this is such a beloved manga, and it's been going on since 2015, that I think people have more time to like develop who they think. And I'm assuming Kago gets way better as the show goes on, even though she's a fantastic character. Um, I think that's just like more what people think of when they think of like the best character from this. But overall, number five, fantastic show. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Number four is from this season. I mentioned it earlier. Is my anime of the season is Carol and Tuesday. Uh, just a fantastic show. Great story. Great visuals. Great music. I you already heard my rant about that, so I won't say more. Number three is the one that started last se- or last year and ended this year, and that's Run with the Wind. Oh yeah. Uh, Run with the Wind. It I believe it's made by the same studio that did Haiku. It is a running anime about a like a collegiate team trying to well essentially it just starts out as they need 10 members to be a club so they can run in this tournament that the main guy wants to do because if he can't he's like a senior in college and if he can't get 10 people to run it then he can't do it but all he just wants he doesn't care if he wins he just wants to do it the characters like are so good um the 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 main character I got I should have looked this up before I did this the main guy from Run with the Wind let me give me one second here uh Haiji that's the main guy um is going to win he should win best boy of the year he's an unbelievable character if you like story driven character driven shows this is probably the best one of the year I uh, gave it a 9 out of 10, really, really close to giving it a 10 out of 10. The only reason why I didn't give it a 10 out of 10 is it's not as good as Haiku, but it's, like, just a step below it. Number two uh, is going to be The Promise of Neverland from Winter. Uh, the show itself was just absolutely brilliant. There's not many thriller suspense shows out there that do what they do. A lot of times they rely on horror or gore or violence. And this one did the exact opposite. There are, obviously there's scenes of violence and horror into it, but it's smart. It's really different. Uh, the main characters, how they like devise their plan, I thought was genius. 
And there's definitely like, human elements into it where some of the characters in the show are like two years old and how are they going to escape with a two-year-old? And they take that into account of their escape from the, like the, essentially like prison that they live in, but they don't know that they're in a prison until later. Uh, gave this show a 10 out of 10. I think it's brilliant. Season two has already been announced. It's shown in Jump. So lately all the show and Jump animes have been on point. Could not recommend this enough to anybody. And my number one show of the season or the year so far, and it actually breached my top five of all time, is Mob Cycle 100 Season 2. I thought this season was every single episode was absolutely brilliant. I think you could, I think episode five of this season could honestly be considered one of the greatest episodes ever made in anime history. Um, they hit you in every way possible. Uh, Reagan is the best character in anime history. I will stand by that till the until something changes my mind. But Reagan Atarka is unbelievable. And the first season he was brilliant. The second season he's even better, which is I thought would be impossible to do. Uh, how you see Mob grow as a person from one season to the next is unbelievable. The OP, the music, the animations, everything about Mob Psycho is perfect. Uh, I gave it a 10 out of 10. It's my number five show of all time. I'm really sad to see that it's probably over. I think they technically have enough material for a third season, but I don't think they're going to go that route. I know there's an uh, an OVA coming out where they go to like a hot spring, so that'll be funny. But I cannot... I'm out of breath talking about how good Mob Psycho is. It is unbelievable. It is my number one show. I am going to give an honorable mention to Attack on Titan Season 3. I have not seen it. It's the number two ranked show on Mal. I acknowledge that it's literally the ranked as the number two show of all time on for anime. So I'm gonna give it like an honorary number one. Um, <laughs> but I haven't seen it. Adam hasn't seen it. But literally, people are saying that it's the best season, like the best like twelve episodes of a season of all time. So I'm gonna give the honorary nod to Attack on Titan season three part two. Next, we will be doing our new segment. This weekend was Anime Expo in Los Angeles, and a lot of news came out. I think the biggest news of them all is Akira is getting its own TV series produced by Sunrise, who recently did Code Geass, Cowboy Bebop, Gintama, and for Adam, Love Live. Uh, not even joking, I really hope like how Tron had Daft Punk do the soundtrack for it. I kind of wish Kanye West will do the next upcoming soundtrack for the Akira, because he is. That would be absolutely. He, he awesome. is a huge, huge fan of Akira. If you've ever the song "Flashing Lights" is based off of Akira, and a lot of his uh, inspiration comes from Akira. So, and he already said that he would like to do something with Akira. So, I would really like to see that going forward. Next up, Trigger announced that their brand new project for 2020 is called Brand New Animals. No word on when it's released or the story behind it, but it looks like the characters will be based as animals. And it looks like it's kind of in a uh, futuristic techno world, so looking forward to seeing that. Uh, it was announced that Pacific Rim, the anime, will be receiving two seasons, at least two seasons, and will be distributed in Netflix, onto Netflix in 2020. Uh, Polygon Pictures will be handling this project. If you've seen Nice of Sidonia that's on Netflix, it's going to be, more than likely, it's going to be a 3D CGI style type of show. Uh, it's not confirmed yet, but since that's what they mostly do, 
it's probably going to be something along the lines of like Genlock that came out this year. Uh, it's also rumored to have a very, very high budget. So hopefully it's as it's better than what we've seen before with uh, some CD or some CGI type of anime show. So yeah, they don't really hold up very no, well. No, but a lot if of the Netflix time. is funding it, uh, that's I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that this is uh, going to be a very high quality show. Yeah, Pacific Rim looked like it would make a good anime, so I'll willing to take a shot at it when they give when Absolutely. it comes out. And the fact that it's already been announced that it's two seasons and possibly more, I kind of like that a lot too. Uh, next up, yep. the Konosuba movie was announced that it will be airing on Crunchyroll to North American fans. Uh, the release date for Japan is August 30th, but there's no word when it will be on Crunchyroll, so we will probably be seeing it later in 2019. But it's really nice for people who are hoping it was going to get a theatrical release in North America. At least we don't have to wait. At least we know we will be able to see it. And I'm really hoping it does get a theatrical release as well because seeing uh, the two heroes My Hero, My Hero Academia movie with 200 people was a really, really fun experience. And I'm really hoping to see Konosuba in theaters with a bunch of other uh, fans of the series as well. Yeah, if we do get more information about that, I wouldn't be surprised if the next thing we hear about it is at Crunchyroll Expo. I mean, that's a perfect place for Crunchyroll to announce something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, and just a plug, me and Adam will be at Crunchyroll Expo. Next up, we got confirmation that Studio Feel will be doing the third season of the most anticipated show for me of 2020 is my teen romantic comedy snafu. Uh, they did the second season of my teen romantic comedy snafu, so a lot of people are hoping Feel would do it again, and they are, so that's huge news, at least people who enjoy that show. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I actually own it on both uh, DVD and Blu-ray, the first two yep. seasons, so I'm excited to see the I third one. I was very one. upset of the end of season two. I actually scored it on Mal like a seven. And then when I found out that it was getting a season three, I gave it a nine because that show is great and I love it. Uh, next yep. up, the Shirabako movie was announced that it's coming out in spring 2020. Uh, the show came out in 2017. So a lot of people who are fans of Shirabako are pretty happy about that, that they're finally getting the announcement of when that movie is coming out. As mentioned earlier, Carolyn Tuesday will be coming to Netflix on August 30th, so everybody should go watch that. Rumors of JoJo Part 6 have come out, saying that if Part 5 is received well and the community wants it, a Part 6 will be made. Uh, I've been told that this and Part 7 are the two best JoJo's, so I'm out there praying for all my JoJo fans who are wanting more JoJo. Have you watched any JoJo I have watched zero seconds of JoJo, and I know that it's a I shame. Have... I have watched a bit of the first one at a Halloween party. I'll admit I was very drunk, but that show was freaking yes. awesome from what I remember of Nobody... it. I've seen like bits and clips of stuff, and the art looks freaking sweet. Yes. Um, I've heard that the first part is so-so, and then after that it gets amazing. Uh, people love Golden Wind going on right now, and I've seen the memes that have come out of it, and I th it's a matter of when I will watch JoJo, because that is my type of that my type of show. If we do like a watch party or something, this should be like one of the shows that we try yeah. to watch. Just catch up on JoJo. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. There's a, there's a couple of shows I need to watch. I still haven't seen uh, some of the classics. Right now, Yu Yu Hakusho is on my 
queue after. Oh, I'll I'll rewatch that anytime. We could do a whole freaking podcast about the episodes there. I that's my like I said that's and my we favorite might, show. We might. So I'll... once I'm finished with Neon Genesis, <laughs> I'm watching Yu Yu Hakusho. So that's next. All show. right. Uh, next, the My Hero, the next My Hero Academia movie will be called Heroes Rising. It'll be released in Japan this December twentieth. Uh, maybe people remember the two Heroes movies that came out. They made twenty-seven million dollars in North America. So there's rumors that this is going to be quote unquote the last My Hero movie. But if they're making twenty-seven million dollars, no. uh, you can bet that they'll be making a lot more. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath. If you see how much like the One Piece movies and stuff get every time they come out with something like that, even Fairy Tale comes out with a movie every yep. couple of years. My Hero Academia, I feel like that'll get way more than two movies yep. total. Just based off like if the author who's making the manga wants to stop at any point, he will more than likely be bought out because My Hero Academia prints money, so they'll never stop. I think like with One Piece, they've switched authors throughout the years, so yeah. it's. Honestly, My Hero Academia is, like, the biggest show in the world for anime, so... I mean, One Piece probably is, and so, same with... In terms of the world, that, and, like, Detective Conan. But, at least for, like, Westerners, I'm pretty sure, like, One Piece and My Hero are, like, neck and neck for one, too. And, uh, Adam, you want to talk about this Crunchyroll Viz Media one? Alright, yeah, so Crunchyroll and Viz Media came out at Anime Expo and announced that they have signed a partnership for Viz Media to release Crunchyroll exclusives to the North American market. So what that means is for people like myself who collect anime, you're going to see Viz Media producing some of these Blu-rays and DVDs and collector's editions for Crunchyroll exclusive shows that would normally just be streamable and they wouldn't get like a printing. So that's very good for people in the U.S. and Canada who want to keep throwing DVDs on their collection and never watching them. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, and that's all the news that we have from the Anime Expo. Next, we're going to be jumping into our discussion topic. Give a shout out to my Facebook group who says anime is just for kids from this discussion topic today from Nathan Bird. He wants us to debate how anime community has changed in the last few decades. When Nathan was a kid, it was seen as weird and nerdy to watch anime, and there's only a handful of us, but nowadays, everyone in the younger generation seems to be watching it. Uh, personally, I have only been watching anime since, like, hardcore anime since 2017, so I can't discuss it back then, but thanks to my job, I'm very good at analytics, so I'm going to bring up some analytics that I found off of Mal and Reddit to, dis- to show the change in structure of culture of- and how it's shifting. So in the 1990s, the most popular... Sorry, the 1980s, the most popular genre was sci-fi, action, and adventure. The 90s, it was comedy, action, fantasy, and sci-fi. So sci-fi started falling off in the 90s. In the 2000s, the most popular genre was comedy. There's twice as many comedy than there was by the next genre, action, followed by fantasy and shonen. And currently today, comedy still dominates the genres. But now shows such as music and slice of life are now in the top five for most popular genres with action and fantasy being number two and number three. So, I think it's changing a little bit based off of who's watching it. You can definitely see in how the genres are changing that more and more people are looking away from uh, maybe like the mechs that dominated the 80s, the sci-fis, and looking more towards relatable type of shows. And 
I think because of that, um, with how the shows are maturing and maybe can reach a broader audience, that the culture is also changing. And I think more and more people are getting into it because they're seeing these type of shows that they would like to watch, especially the older generation like me, who I'm 28. I'm definitely looking more towards shows that I can relate to than giant robots fighting each other. Yeah, I think the biggest change is just actually how available it is. You see back in the day, like 1980s, 1990s, when sci-fi, when you're going to get a lot of mech shows, the people that are going to be able to import it, because you're not going to... There was no streaming services back then, like Netflix or Crunchyroll or High Dive or any of those, where you could stream it online. The only way to really get access to it was to import it or have some kind of like illegal copies made and like brought over on VHS. The only people that are really going to be doing that are the people that are one tech savvy enough to figure out how to do it, and that's going to lean toward a certain gener or a certain type of audience, which I think was why the sci-fis were so popular back then at least over here. You're going to get the people that are into computers are going to probably be into your sci-fi action style animes. And as time went on, as their internet speeds and stuff got more powerful and these streaming services started opening up, it became more available to more people. And so it stopped being such a niche audience that could wa- that had the ability to watch it. And it opened it up to be seen by more people. And I think for kids, for how much they're given, like, a bad rap for some of their bad dubs their ability to like change shows to for an american audience with like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff that was a and even like one piece was a big bridge for young audiences to get into it at a young age and then grow into the mediums and so i think we owe a lot to like four kids and a lot of these streaming sites as much as we might give them crap for some of the thing for being behind that they did do a lot for promoting the medium to a younger audience. Yes. And um, to branch off what he says, like when he was a kid, he was it was seen as like weird and nerdy. And I think a lot of times, especially in our age, it's also kind of viewed as that because I think a lot, yeah. of, like you said, uh, the availability of at least in our age on TV, it was Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, um, Digimon, and then when like Toonami and Adult Swim came around, it was like Full Metal Alchemist. It was yeah. Um, what else was on there? Like Yu Yu Hakusho, um, Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Z yeah, yeah, yeah. you get those shows. So it's like it's very limited. So like people in our generation, if you went out of your way to find this like niche type of show, you were seen as like, wow, that's really nerdy that you have, you're trying to find these Japanese cartoons when you can just watch SpongeBob on Nickelodeon. And it it kind of yep. feels the same to me when I was a kid. That I, I'm not gonna say I was like made fun of, but like I played like I played like competitive video games like my entire life, and I was viewed as like a nerd. Like Peter plays video games, like what a nerd! But now everybody plays video games, and it's kind of getting to that way now where, yeah, I'm 28 years old and I watch anime, and like I'm not afraid to like announce it. Like it's a really cool medium or media, and people should watch it. And like more and more people are coming out. It's like, yeah, I watch anime too. So it kind of feels like when people were made fun of when I was like made fun of as a kid for being a gamer it's kind of how I feel now for like watching anime but it's like more and more people watch anime they just don't say that they watch anime I yep. I recently ha- got done with a my softball league on Wednesdays and we went to the bar and we got drinks 
and I brought up like uh, my podcast I was doing with my friends and my but was some kid on my team who I'm like semi friends with. He's like, "Do you watch Attack on Titan on Hulu?" I'm like, "You watch Attack on Titan on Hulu?" He's like, "Yeah, of course. Like Attack on Titan is great." I'm like, "Do you watch any other anime?" He's like, "No." But I'm like, it's the type of people like you wouldn't expect them to watch anime, but like more and more of them are coming out of like the woodworks, like admitting that they watch it. So I think it's right now it's still kind of viewed at least in our generation as weird and nerdy but it's I think that stigma is slowly dying yeah it's definitely like still there for our group but it's uh, it's going down and I, like I said I think a lot of it has to do with when we were a kid and the shows that were available were targeted at children and so when you get into like the high school level and people start outgrowing that kind of stuff they say they see anime or hear the word anime and they immediately think Pokemon, Digimon, you Dragon Ball Z. They think, they think kid shows. They don't realize that it's adapted and ch- not, not even say adapted, but we have an access to so much more anime that covers a wider range of age groups yep. that you can find a show for just about anyone at any age. And our generation just looks back and they have a very narrow mindset of what anime is. And I think the kids growing up they, nowadays don't have that. They see anime as the more wide, like, varying genres that it, it yes. includes. And I personally, I'm trying to involve it as much as possible. So when something like, for instance, Carol and Tuesday being added to Netflix, I make it a big deal because to a lot of people who don't watch anime, Netflix is a, that's their source of streaming content. So when a show that's that good is on Netflix, I try to tell people, you need to go out and watch this show. Like, I know it's animated, but it's a fantastic show. And I still get the stigma with my friends. It's like, I'm too old for anime. It's like, yep. you wa- you've seen The Office 37 times. Like, you can try something new. Or... Yeah, if you've, if you've seen shows like The Office, like, there are anime just like that. Just because it's animated... Again, I go back to, like, what my family thinks or what other people my generation think of it's for kids because it's animated but it covers so many genres yes. like you have adult comedies on even netflix has some of the most like varied genres of any type of source currently available for streaming the some of the things that they the netflix exclusives are more aimed at adults than a lot of the shows that we get right now which is really I think great re- as recently, i don't yes, know the name 100%. of it 100 percent I don't know the name of it, but there's that one with the cute little fox-looking thing that I hear is just, if you're, like, a millennial, you'll just absolutely love oh, it. Oh, I haven't seen it. I'm not sure it's on the, the, it. The, the I have Netflix to go look. One, right? the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a Gretzko. So season two just recently came out. I watched season one. And that's like that's another one. I was, I was watching a show recently on Netflix that was exactly like uh, a Gretzko but it was made in North America, and like the animation style is very similar. But they speak English, even though it's called Tuca and Birdie, and it's it's okay, very yeah. similar to like a Gretzko. And people will watch Tuca and Birdie because it was made in America, even though a Gretzko has an English dub that's really good. I'm like, you should give this a chance if you like it. And they're like, uh, I don't know how I feel about anime. I'm like, you just watched an animated show and you loved it give this a chance that's the other thing the barriers for what is con or what constitutes anime is i feel like it's dropping like before at least like in the 90s early 2000s it was strictly shows coming from japan but north america and korea and china have and even um 
France have adopted a lot of like the art techniques and storytelling techniques of Japanese anime, and it started to blend. Like we saw that with uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. It doesn't have the quite that anime look, but it definitely follows an anime style storytelling. One hundred percent. And I think to the like the blind eye, like if my mom walked past and saw me watching Avatar: The Last Airbender, she would think it's anime. Absolutely. Like, other like. Maybe if she saw, like, the Nickelodeon sticker at the bottom of the TV or something, she might change her mind, but, like, it's definitely one of those shows where, like, my roommate does not watch anime, but he's seen every single episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, and he loves it. It's one of his favorite shows of all time, but he won't watch anime. Yep. I'm like, dude, they're, I, I know Avatar is fantastic. Like, you should check this, you should watch X show. It's just like Avatar, you'll love it, and he won't watch it, and I don't get it, and it drives me crazy. I just want people to talk anime with me, that's all. Yeah, absolutely. No. It's about tearing down the yes. walls when it comes, in the end. I think it's just a stigma. Um, it's different where, like, if you just don't like anime, that makes sense. But it's, like, the people who watch, like, on especially on Netflix, so I'm going to use that as an example. They watch BoJack Horseman. They watch Rick and Morty. They watch Buka and or Tuka and Birdie. They watch these animated style shows that you can watch, and they're hilarious. And like Rick and Morty is like one of my favorite shows of all time. It's like oh, it's I like love Rick and Morty. there are shows that are very similar that maybe are even better, and they're in dub, and you can watch it in the background if you want. And they just refuse to watch it, and it's just like this stigma of like no one's gonna make fun of you for watching anime anymore. Like we're not in high school. Like nobody cares. Like. We're exactly. at the point where, like, literally nobody cares. So it's just, like, I, I understand, like, watch what you want to watch. But, like, if you're bored, you should, like, y maybe you could discover something that you didn't know before. Because it was, like, me, where, like, I didn't watch anime, I watched Food Wars. It, I mean, it literally changed my life. Like, side story. If it wasn't for anime, I probably wouldn't go to the gym because I was, like, I was watching so much anime. I was, like, I could just be on a treadmill right now watching anime instead of sitting in my bed. And, like, it literally, like, and I lost, like, 40 pounds because of it. Like, it, like, literally anime, like, changed who I am as a person today, like, physically and, like, mentally. Like, obviously, it's a very rare case for me. Like, is everybody going to do that? No. But, like, you never know, like, what the opportunities are going to, like, open up for, like, it's like a brand new medium. I think it's kind of, to me, it's like, if you're, like, a sheltered kid your whole life and you listen to rock and roll for the first time at, like, 12, it's like, it literally, like, changes your world. That's a that's a great analogy right there. It's And it's very similar to the music industry's doing the same thing. It's evolving in the same way. Because you see K-pop right now is absolutely like blowing up the charts here in North yeah, America. Yeah, BTS is the biggest band and, in the world. Yeah, f like, what, five, ten years ago, people would give me crap for listening to Girls' Generation. Yeah. Now... Like, people listening uh, twice and stuff is no yep, big deal. Yeah, uh, like, I listened to Big Bang in, like, 2012, and it's just like, what the hell are you listening to? And it's like, now it's like everybody in the world, like, BTS is selling out Soldier Field in Chicago. It's like, uh, I'm like, like, it's just one of those things, but it's like, it's, it's just like a stigma. It's just, I wish people weren't like that. I just wish you could, like, if you don't like it, that's fine. At least give it a shot, please. And... At least, like, I want that for, like, my friends and my family. At least, like, my mom watched, like, A Silent Voice, and she liked the movie. Yep. But she's not going to continue watching anime. And, like, I appreciate that she even tried that type of thing. And that's exactly what happened with my parents. For the longest time, they just wouldn't try. And eventually I convinced them, you know, I just want us to do this as a pair, and we will, or as a family. Yeah. 
watched your name, and so far in theaters they've seen your name, they've seen a silent voice, they've seen I want to eat your pancreas, and all three of those, they've walked away saying like that was a really good movie, and when something like Baby Dad or Boss, Boss Baby, Baby or yeah. whatever the heck wins like best animated film, they're like, why wasn't your name even like? Uh, like wasn't even recognized as like a top five. And film the sound of the year. voice it was wasn't like, either. Uh, yeah, it's like this is this this is what happens to like to us as a fandom. Like we don't get recognized. At least at this point, it's it's but it's changing. People are starting to adapt and realize, hey, there's a lot of like interesting stories that are being told in this yep. medium. Like it, it's it's nice in that regard. I think I honestly think I mean I. Th- at least personally, like from the outside looking in, before I started watching anime in like 2017, I could tell that the media, like the medium was getting bigger and like my presence, uh, like my friend group and stuff like that and like culture, like I could see it like spreading. Like I saw like ads of it on Netflix. Like, oh, what the hell is this show? But before I would like always like disregard it. And I think at least it wasn't my segment back then. I just never really like had the intrigue to watch anime. But now it's like I think it's like what I was saying earlier. It's just I think it's a stigma. I think it's getting broken down little by little, and I think more and more people are accepting of it. So I think like going forward, yep. it's going to be a lot different. Especially now, anime is getting better and better as time goes on. Like we're only getting better shows. We're only getting better quality. Like we have our classics, but like a lot of like the best shows of like all time have been very like. Full Metal Alchemist is the highest rated anime of all time. Like, anime's been around since, what, the 50s? The highest rated animes of all time. Full Metal Alchemist, like, 2011. Steins Gate, 2013. Um, Attack on Titan, 2019. Like, at least this season is 2019. Like, we're seeing better and better quality shows, and more and more people are accepting that, like, these shows are not kitty. It's not Pokemon anymore. Like, there's real shit going on in these stories. Like, maybe we should check it out type of thing, so... I think it's just a stigma, yep. a wall is getting broken down. I think as time goes on, we will see less and less people, like... I mean, the people who are like actually want to see it will actually like go out and try it. And the people who... If it's not their thing, then it's not their thing. Yeah. Alright. That was a good, good discussion. I think we're going to uh, transition that into our viewer questions. Alright. Right. The first question today comes from our personal buddy, Matt Men. He said, describe your first con experience... How old were you, and where was it? And then maybe um, what what part about like cons make it like really fun? All right, so my first con experience was Daisho Con, which is a Wisconsin. It's it's in Wisconsin in Wisconsin at the Wisconsin Dells, the Kalahari Resort, and it normally happens right around November. I think, and I might be wrong about this. It's been a while. I think that was. 2009 2010 was my first convention and so what was it where was where was it at uh, what is my favorite part about the conventions like I love to go to the panel rooms and just like listen to like different people talk about like their ideas like fan theories and stuff like that going to the room parties are really fun because every convention, if as long as you're old enough, as long as you're old enough to drink, these are really fun. You go to a room party, get free alcohol, meet people in awesome cosplays, take pictures, and just like meet people that you would never expect to meet for one thing because they seem like they're 
like in a normal in a normal world environment, a work environment, there's someone you would never talk to, but because you share this bond of anime, you can sit there and just discuss for hours like what your favorite aspect of a show is or your top tens or anything. Meeting new people, I think, is the most fun part and hearing like everyone's different opinions about things. Yep. So my first experience was this year, last March, Anime Detour to Minneapolis. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I've always been hesitant on going to a con because I don't like cosplay or anything. Even though, like, maybe going forward I would. But just, like, at the time I was like, am I, am I the only one that's not going to be, like, in cosplay? Like, I don't know, like, what type of culture or, like, how people act and everything like that. And I was, I was kind of nervous to, like, go to it. Now, I met Adam there um, when we went, and it was just it was such a welcoming environment. Like, everybody there was having a great time. And I honestly thought Detour was packed, but compared to, like, most, like, huge cons, that was nothing. I think Detour is, like, I think <laughs> Detour is, like, three to 4,000 people a day, and then we're going to Crunchyroll Con in, or Crunchyroll Expo in the end of August, and that's, like, 60,000, so... I'm going to be in for a rude awakening, but I really liked how I, everybody was just so nice, and it, we all have, like, the same love of anime. Like you said, like, the panels, that one panel that we went to where, like, people defended waifus for an hour, that was, I had a blast. I had, it was so much fun hearing some guy defend Toru from Kobayashi's Dragon Maid for 45 seconds at a time, and I was... Yeah, it's absolutely like a black just like, tears. It, it's something you have to experience because, like, like I said, there's so many different opinions out there. So many like funny people. So many like super serious people. Like you get every little like different type of personality all mixed together, but everybody gets yeah, along. Yeah, I remember just like I was like bombing a cigarette off of a guy talking like, "Hey, what's like your favorite anime?" Like, "Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Peter." Like, "My favorite anime is Full Metal Alchemist." He's like, "Oh, hey, my name's like." Grant, my favorite anime is Trigun. I'm like, oh, that's really cool, man. Like, really nice to meet you. Like, just such like a great welcoming environment, and I'm I like I literally cannot wait to go to Crunchyroll Expo. It's gonna be so much fun, and then hopefully down the line I get some form of like cosplay so I can show off my weedum just a little bit more than I want to. But like for somebody who's like that was my first one ever. It's and I showed up in jeans and a t-shirt and just nobody cared. Everyone was so nice. Like, literally, it was just, like, a great welcoming environment. And I know that there's, like, there's obviously, with, like, any culture, there's, like, bad people. And I know there's, like, creeps who, like, touch girls and stuff because some of them are, like, in, like, skimpier outfits. Like, those people suck, obviously. But, like, 99.8% of the people at these conventions are fantastic people. Yep. So... Our question comes from... I hope I'm Eskender. saying this name right. I apologize. Eskender? No. I apologize if I messed that up. The question is, what character's abilities have the greatest variance from episode to episode? So we're talking one episode, the character's OP and no one can touch them. And the next episode, they're getting the heck beat out of them like a, like a used rag yep. or something. Uh, the one that comes to my mind is the opposite of what you said is where he was getting his ass beat and then became OP is gone from Hunter Hunter. During during oh yeah that's a that's a real good the chimera one. arc where he essentially kills himself to beat the cat lady if I'm not mis- if I can remember correctly yeah and yeah I mean he literally like uses all of his life force to defeat this person and his hair is like nine feet tall 
And the people who cosplay as that version of Gon is, like, the best cosplay of all time. Because they legit have their hair spiked up to, like, a four-story yep. building. Uh, so just off the top of my mind, that's the one that comes to my head. So I had a really hard time with this question. Like, for me, I could not think of anyone that went from one aspect to another over, like, the variance of one episode. But one character I did end up coming up with was Shinobu Sensui from Yu Yu Hakusho. He's a villain character, and he ends up having multiple personalities and is basically gets the crap beat out of him for a while until he switches, and all of a sudden you get this point where he's pretty much the most overpowered human character within the entire show. Like, puts some of the greatest action scenes of all time to shame from the series because he's just that much more powerful than every other villain they've ever seen. So, I guess I'll have to go with Shinobu Sensui. Right. I, I can't wait to watch Yu Yu Hakusho. I've only heard nothing but great things. I am going to watch that with you because I need to rewatch Sounds it. Good. So it'd be I'll perfect. let you know I'm done with Neon Genesis. Alright, yeah. and our last question comes from a really good friend of mine named Kayla. She says, it seems like people who like anime are obsessed with it. What makes anime different compared to other similar cultures? I would have to say that it's something we actually touched on in the previous, in the discussion, but it, anime covers such a wide genre of things that you can pretty much go into anime, find that one niche storytelling method that you like, and there are years and years and years of media that you can go and watch, and more likely than not, you probably haven't seen a lot of this stuff, because for a long time it wasn't available. And so all of a sudden, once you like discover anime, it's like it's like the rock and roll um, example you used earlier. Like a whole new world opens up to you, and you just can't help but dive yes. in. And I think for me personally, it's it's really hard, especially people my age, to find people who like this as much as I do. And so when you find people who like it, you want to like get more and more involved with it. And you get obsessed with it because it's... You can talk sports. I can go talk sports with my mom and my dad and my brother and my friend and my roommate and whoever. But, like, how many people can I talk to anime about? And so I get obsessed with it because I'm always searching out the next thing. Like, the next person I want to talk to about this. Or, for instance, me and you talking about the next season of anime. Because it's something that we enjoy a lot. So it's always just, like... It's it's so not accessible to what like my interest compared to other people. So I'm obsessed with it just because of that. And like you said as well, like you like romance anime and you watch Toradora for the first time and you love it and you want to watch more romance anime. Guess what? There's a thousand more anime romance animes out there. And you're just like, "What? This is amazing." And it's just one of those things where you see, you get just there's just so much out there that you can watch and like or read if you like manga or light novels and there's just so much content out there that like you just want to like share it with people and how great this is and it's just it's it's all of that yeah it's all that and more it's a communal experience an individual journey that you eventually want everyone to be able to you know take a chance yes. on 
All right. And our last segment is called Off the Cuff. It is a question-based segment where I ask Adam a question, he asks me a question, and we have no prior knowledge of what either of us are going to say. So I'm going to go first for Adam. Adam, there is much debate around the anime culture in the world of who is best boy and girl or waifu husbando. How do you determine someone is categorized as a waifu husbando or best girl or best boy? And then a bonus question, who is your waifu husbando and best boy, best girl? All right. So for me, I think it's actually very easy to differentiate the two. Best girl, best boy is... For me, at least, whichever character I feel like has the best development, or at least, like, the most personality to them, where I feel like they're an actual real person, or a real character that I can, like, they have their likes, they have their dislikes, they have strengths and weaknesses, and I don't necessarily need to be able to relate to them, but I can see that it's a real person there, or the best example of a real person. For Husbando Waifu... It's basically whichever one has the characteristics that I find attractive. Like, it's the person in a show that I would most likely want to be my partner. If I were in the main t- main character's point of view, I would be seeking out a relationship with that person. So they, don't, they might not be the best character written, but they have the right characteristics that I'm looking for. Gotcha. And who is your waifu husbando, and if you have a best boy, best girl? Well, best... Best boy... I don't know if I have a best girl. Best boy, though, for me, is Simone from Gurren Lagann. Great answer. I absolutely love his character arc. I relate to Simone when he's when he's younger and afraid of everything. Like, even starting this podcast, even though it's something I'm really passionate about, and I know I know what I'm talking about, I still get nervous every time we hit the record button. And I'm sure the people here can hear that. I'm not the best public speaker. But I can relate to Simone in all of his ways of being scared, even though he's brilliant at what he does, and eventually trying to grow into that person he becomes. I love that about him. So, for best husband, or If, if you have a husband, boy, best girl, otherwise your waifu. My waifu? That's a real hard question. Um, if you have multiple, that will work as well. Like I said, this season I had a couple. I really liked Raftalia. Um, I'm a Rem from Re Zero is pretty much the perfect woman. <laughs> I absolutely love Rem. That there's a whole speech that she gives in that series about why she loves Subaru, yep. and if someone ever said that to me. Like, with the passion that she has, I, my heart would absolutely melt. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a weak answer and go with Rem. But I have so many. Like even Urika from, uh, we never learned this season. I absolutely loved. So, Sicily from uh, Wise Man's Grandchild was cute. But I think Rem for me is still number one. Hey Adam. Yeah. I love Amelia. Ah, that's, that's, that's your choice. Uh, that's, before, I don't have a problem with Amelia fans. And before you answer, or before you ask me my question, my waifu is Chizuru from the show Relife, and the best thing about her is oh, she's 28 yeah. years old. <laughs> oh, that actually reminds me of another character that I feel like didn't get the representation she deserves. I wish I could remember her name now, but the main character from, uh, 
The what? Oh. No, no, it's, it's not the. It's the uh, one about the girl who's p- playing MMOs and like falls in love. Recovery with, like, of an MMO she junkie. Plays, like, yeah, recovery of an MMO junkie. Her character's pretty Her great. Her character's in that. fantastic. She's, yeah. And she's about the same age. I think she's like 30, which is a year older than me. But I whatever. can also relate she's, to that. I relate to her a lot. And if she were, I think if she were a real person, that's the type of person I'm looking for in real life. She doesn't like, she isn't a perfect anime character, but as a real yeah. person, I fucking I always tell her. people I'm a six, but I'm low maintenance summon eight. <laughs> Alrighty, so here's my question for you. So this is going off a question we had last week with that you asked me last week about uh, Evangelion and uh, an idol show. Okay. So what anime genres would you say are necessary for understanding what an anime is and being an otaku? Ooh. And give examples Ooh. of shows that like fit these. Wow, an otaku. That's a very specific genre then. Okay, so if you want otaku, it's got to be idol, so music, but it has to be idol music. Uh, shonen has to be like, you have to watch like One Piece, Bleach, uh, Naruto, uh, like one of the big three, or like maybe Dragon Ball Z, but I don't know. Oh, you gotta put Dragon Ball Z in I know. there. Most people say like the, the father of all. They mostly of it. just say like the big three, so something yeah. along of like action battle shonen. A long, a long running one, or just any action battle. They're like shonen? all really long, so it's like it doesn't like it's kind of just like I guess you can watch like Black Clover. That's like eighty episodes of. Naruto, which is 500, so... What about some like, My Hero? It depends on how old you are. I think if you're a teenager, yes. Because that is the biggest fandom in the world for anime right now. Like, if you go to an anime convention, it's like 50% My Hero Academia cosplays. So yeah, My Hero's a great answer. I think... Actually, now that you say that, number one is My Hero Academia. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I think... (laughs) I'm gonna say, for genres, it's action shounen... An idol, so you should probably watch My Hero Academia, Love Live. Um, some otakus are pretty edgy, so you should watch like Death Note. Yes, and okay. Something obscure, and you probably have to watch. I'm assuming if you like otaku culture, you probably have to watch hentai. So let's just go at with at least watch a hentai. You have to at least watch one hentai. So let's just go with. Oh man, that one where she's a succubus and everybody's seen it. That succubus one. I'm. You've seen it, you liar! I know you have. I, I know I'm you have. To think you know exactly you mean what I'm talking Bible about. Black. Oh yeah, you mean Bible, Bible Black? Black is a classic. That's like I mean, there's that one. That's like retro. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of a suck the succubus. I don't, one I'm not even gonna about. Google it, but like, if anyone's out there listening, knows what I'm talking about. Like, there's like thumbnails and memes about it. Like. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I if I saw it, I'm sure I've yeah, seen. Yeah, so I'd say I, like I'm a degenerate. So let's be yes. fair. Like when I'm talking about shows, like I've seen probably every major hentai that's been out there. Yep. Not gonna lie. So yeah. So my answer: a battle shonen, uh, music, but most importantly, idol, something super edgy, lord, and then a hentai. So my hero, my right. hero, love life, death note, succubus, hentai. <laughs> uh, Alrighty. All right. And that, that wraps up episode two of the podcast. Please follow What Do You Say Anime at What Do You Say Annie. That's What Do You Say A-N-I on Twitter for news and updates in the world of anime as well as our podcast. 
While you're there, shoot us a question or a discussion topic that you'd like to hear from us on the next episode, or you can email us at whatdoyousayanime at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone listening, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.